How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today I am joined by Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox. She is a proud Jewish woman, and I reached out to her after Ryan Christensen's whole thing and uh, wanted to talk to her and get her opinion on it and uh, see if I could you know, learn from her a little bit from her own experiences. So we're going to have a little conversation here. going to ask her some questions and uh, hopefully grow a little bit, hopefully grow with us. So uh, let's get right into it. Gabrielle, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Jason. This is, I think, a really important conversation we're going to have. I hope so. You know, if we get to a couple of people, that, that'd be wonderful because, uh, you know, with everything going on right now, COVID and protests and all that stuff. I feel like, you know, it's on all of us to kind of figure out what kind of society we want to live in. And uh, this is part of having that, you know, you got to have those conversations where you admit that you might not be perfect, which is really weird, but uh, you got to, you know, learn and grow on a daily basis to, uh, you know, make the world a better place. So that's what, you know, I, I want to do today. Absolutely. It's so important, especially right now. So first off, I just want to give you my initial reaction from the video, and then we'll go into, you know, what happened after that. But the video, initially what I saw was they were going through uh, after the game, giving high fives and stuff like that. But it looked like he was going for a modified COVID high five where they would bash forearms. And regularly, that's okay. But he had his arm fully extended and definitely in a Nazi salute, which was not okay. And it looked like it might have just been accidental where he was like, oh, I'm just going to do this and then everybody can chop me. Because not everybody like goes back and forth for a high five. Sometimes they just like leave their hands there. I don't know. But then Liam Hendricks pulled his arm down and was like, no, don't do that. And then he turned around and did it a second time, which because I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, and maybe that's something that I need to examine a little bit further. He did it again. And I was like, I can't believe I was doing this. Oh, my God. It's how I took it. And I I'm pretty sure that that's not the right take. So I wanted to uh, talk to you and say, hey, what am I, what what should I be seeing? Because uh, this is newer ground for me, I would say. So I wouldn't say it's the wrong take. I think giving people the benefit of the doubt is really important, especially in today's cancel culture world where we are so quick to jump to the worst possible scenario, the worst possible intention. You know, a lot of times how something was intended doesn't always come off the way it was meant, which isn't to say that if someone does something and offends you, you're not allowed to be offended. It's just a matter of kind of not jumping to conclusions all the time. That's obviously a really hard line to kind of walk. We're basically all on a tightrope, especially with social media and cancel culture. I did think that, you know, being a Jewish woman and being very educated about the Holocaust and Nazis, the first thing that came to mind was, wow, he's doing a Sieg Hale, which is what supporters of Hitler did. If he was just going for an air high five, his arm and hand wouldn't have been in a completely straight line. And that's just not what an air high five looks like in any way, shape, or form. It's also not what the Bash Bros-esque arm bashing that has become famous from the Oakland A's is known for looking like. I mean, it was a very clear gesture that you really only see from one very awful group of people. And the fact that Hendricks pulled his arm as if to be like, you shouldn't be making this gesture. And then Christensen 
put his arm back in that position and seemed to be kind of laughing about it is disturbing, even if he was just like, I can't believe I did that. Because I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, too. And that's what I was saying when a lot of people were saying, well, maybe it's just that he was saying, I can't believe I did this. But you didn't have to do the gesture a second time to highlight that you couldn't believe that you had done the gesture. You could have just been like, wow, I can't believe I was so incredibly insensitive and dumb to make a Nazi salute. You didn't have to do it again to show it to people. He did this knowing full well that there were cameras all over that dugout. And most people who have had a basic elementary school and middle school education learned about World War II and have seen at least one picture of Nazis doing that. And the fact that he's so old, not like so old, he's like decrepit, but you know, he's, he's lived some life and he should know better, I think, uh, as well. And I think that for me, the initial question was intent. Like, was he meaning to do it or was it like, oh no, I did mess this up. And I feel like the second one kind of eliminated some of the intent question because you probably don't do it again. Just a weird situation and uh, not what I want to see from the baseball team that I uh, that I cover and that I thoroughly enjoy. So uh, it was very disheartening uh, all around, I would I would say. And they didn't do better later on in the day. So we'll get to that here in a sec. But um, do, do you have any final thoughts on the actual video and what happened? I mean, like you said, he's an older guy. He's already played in the major leagues. He's been coaching for a while. There is no way around it. This isn't a guy fresh out of high school doing something dumb. This is a fully grown adult man. You should know better. Of all of the gestures, like, think about the multiple ways in which your body can move. You couldn't possibly think of any other way to move your arms to congratulate your team than by doing a seriously offensive gesture. Like you said, we'll get to the apology in a second, but to say that it was a mistake, I mean, you did it twice. You didn't have to do it a second time. If it was truly a mistake, then you would have been like, oh, crap, and you wouldn't have done it again. And that's where it kind of, you kind of eliminate doubt or ambiguity about his intent because he made a choice to move his body in a certain way, and then he made a choice to do it a second time. Yeah, it's... It'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, moving forward with all of this stuff, because um, they're not doing a great job of handling everything so far. Um, I'm going to get into Susan Slusser's tweet real quick, which basically just said, uh, I know him. He's a great person. His best friend is Jewish, which I know that uh, you did not enjoy on social media. And uh, <laughs> that's what actually I think that might have been what I saw first. And I was like, what's going on here? Because uh I took a late afternoon nap after that ace game. <laughs> Did not see it live. And uh, so, yeah, I I don't think that's how she meant it. I think she was trying to uh, stick up for a friend who she does feel is a good person. What was your reaction to her tweet uh, for those people that did not see your reaction on social media? I really like Susan Slusser, but... This tweet that she had, which said, quote, I've known Ryan Christensen for 24 years. Among other things, his best friend is Jewish. I cannot imagine he would ever intentionally throw up a Nazi salute. I have a text into him, but I am reasonably confident in saying any gesture today that looked Nazi-like was inadvertent. To me, this is just a bummer on so many levels. First starters, like you said, and like I said when I quote tweeted her thing, we need to stop with the 
oh, it's okay because I have a Jewish friend. Oh, it's okay because I have a black friend or I just know a person of this group and therefore it's okay for me to do whatever I want. Knowing somebody doesn't give you a free pass to do whatever the hell you want. And I, I, as a Jewish person, I'm saying this because congratulations on to Ryan Christensen for knowing a Jewish person. Does that make it okay <laughs> to throw up a Sieg hail during a baseball game? Absolutely not. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that his best friend would say the same thing. It's not okay. And the fact that she was saying, like, I'm reasonably confident that his intention was this. Susan, are you Ryan Christensen? No. Are you Ryan Christensen's best friend? No. The sad fact of the matter is that you're deciding that you can speak on another person's behalf and for an entire religion in your tweet. And like, that's just not, that doesn't work. That's not okay. And I, I said the same thing to Jewish people who were forgiving Ryan Christensen and um, saying, you know, on behalf of the Jewish people, like, I don't like that either because like one Jewish person, like I'm speaking for myself, I'm talking about what made me uncomfortable and what made other people in my life uncomfortable because I have spoken to them about it, but I would never speak on behalf of the entire Jewish people. And I don't think it's fair for like one Jewish person to be like, oh, it didn't offend me. Because you know what the problem with that is? It kind of makes these actions acceptable. If one Jewish person says like, oh, it didn't bother me. Well, guess what? It bothered me and I'm a Jewish person. I really hate when somebody's put on a pedestal as speaking for like an entire population of people. I'm like, that's not how this works. Everybody's different. And, uh, you know, that's how you can have a Jewish best friend. You know, they're different than the people that you apparently don't like. It's right. maddening to me. Um, yeah, so... I have no doubt that she is learning from this and uh, she will probably be a little bit Twitter dark. Maybe she'll do some retweets or something like that, but she's going to be laying low for a little bit. I imagine she actually um, responded to me. I had quote tweeted her saying, can we please stop with the quote? They have a Jewish friend quote. They have a black friend thing. A person can have awful opinions and still happen to know, or even be friends with someone who falls under that affected group. And I went on to say that I was so sick of people making excuses for anti-Semitism. And she responded linking her later tweet saying, my apologies for mentioning Ryan's friendship with David Newhan to those scolding me for saying, but he has a Jewish friend. I do hear you. That is obviously not an excuse for any intentional offensive gesture, nor an appropriate explainer for any other poor behavior. And I also saw that apparently David Newhan converted to Christianity which personal choice, you do whatever you want to do. But it also kind of then brings a different layer into this whole situation of Ryan Christensen having a token Jewish friend who doesn't even consider himself to be Jewish. That's kind of something I don't want to dive into because I don't know enough about David Newhan's personal life choices. But it is just interesting to note that if you, if the person themselves doesn't even consider themselves Jewish, then you definitely can't be bringing them out as your example for why it's okay to justify Ryan Christensen's behavior. Like, it definitely doesn't work if the person in question doesn't even consider themselves a Jew. It shouldn't work in general, but it's just, it's kind of, it's almost comical for her to be like, well, his best friend is Jewish. Apparently he's not. 
Yeah, I, I had not heard that wrinkle, actually. That is uh, fascinating and quite the thought experiment if you think about it a little bit. Man, I'm going to have to get into my feelings on that one for sure. Have you read the statements yourself? Yes, I have. I tweeted about them late last night. I just said at the time, um, still sorting my feelings about all of this out, but for now I will say this. If you are not Jewish, you do not get to determine if something is anti-Semitic or not. And you do not get to accept apologies or forgive on our behalf because I was seeing a lot of that in the replies to the A's statements from both themselves and from Ryan Christensen. I saw that they were getting uh, so many replies and not that many re- retweets or anything like that. And I was like, oh, they're getting ratioed. I didn't see what the replies were, but I, I imagine that they weren't good because of the ratio. So the statement from F- Oakland Athletics bench coach Ryan Christensen is, I made a mistake and I will not deny it. Uh, Today in the dugout, I greeted players with a gesture that was offensive. In the world today of COVID, I adapted our elbow bump, which we do after wins to create some distance with the players. My gesture unintentionally resulted in a racist and horrible salute that I do not believe in. What I did is unacceptable and I deeply apologize. My initial take is it, it just seems weak. I mean, he says what my initial thought was watching the video, but he doesn't say what the second, uh, you know, salute was for or anything like that. What do you think is missing from this that would make it a something that read as true or real or that there was some substance there? Well, the biggest thing for starters is that the words anti-Semitic and Jewish don't even appear in either of these statements. If you're going to apologize for doing a Nazi salute, you should probably acknowledge that it was anti-Semitic and say a special apology to the Jewish community. Because while the Jewish community is not the only people that were impacted by Nazi Germany and Hitler's awful plans for this world, they were over 6 million of the people who were victims of his genocide out of about 11 million people, including gypsies, disabled people, communists, etc., To not even say an apology directly to the Jewish community when you're talking about a guy throwing up a Heil Hitler sign, it's pretty ridiculous. Like you are clearly not facing the subject head on, which is not surprising because MLB is not great at tackling these difficult social justice topics head on. This is just not an area where they are great, but that doesn't make it okay. And I'm not going to let them off the hook for it. I also think that, you know, just going at it line by line, Ryan Christensen says, I made a mistake and will not deny it. But then in the next line, he blames it on COVID, basically saying that due to a global pandemic, he was somehow rendered incapable of thinking of any other way to congratulate his players besides throwing up a Nazi salute. I understand it's affecting all of us, but you are a fully healthy man at your place of work. And you are blaming the fact that we're living in a pandemic for the reason that you can't think of another way to move your arms? Really? After saying you're not going to deny that you made a mistake, you're trying to place the blame on COVID. To me, it's just like, okay, well, you're not really taking responsibility here at all. You know, and he said, what I did is unacceptable and I deeply apologize. The thing with an apology in this situation and in most situations is, what are you going to do next? Because your apology means nothing if you don't prove that you actually learned something from this. And the fact that he was placing the blame on COVID 
shows that he's not really taking any responsibility for his own choice of actions. And the same thing with the A's. Like, there's no promise about educating themselves on the Holocaust or anti-Semitism. They're not going to make him take some kind of training course to learn about these horrible things that happened. There's no suspension or punishment. Like, there, I am not one of the people who is calling for him to be fired, though I have seen a lot of people who are. But I don't think that he should just be allowed to throw out some half-assed apology and then go back to work. I think he needs to have some learning. I think he needs to be educated. And I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he should serve a game suspension or two. I mean, you, Darvish, had to endure Yuli Gurriel making racist gestures at him during the World Series. And Yuli Gurriel was suspended for five games. Why is it that... Ryan Christensen can throw up two Nazi salutes in a span of under a minute on live TV. And there's no suspension. There's no sensitivity training course. There's nothing like that. There's no promise or proof that he's going to do anything to change except for the fact that he got called out. It's not really a punishment. It's just uncomfortable. Are you actually learning anything from it? I am not for cancel culture, but I am for a culture of learning. And when someone tells you something is offensive, you got to take a look inside and be like, all right, well, I need to learn some stuff. I need to understand why this is offensive and I need to prove that I'm never going to do it again. And there's no indication from him or the A's that any such behavior is going to be scrutinized and corrected through education or anything. It's literally just an empty apology. I mean, at the very least, we can just tweet this podcast at him and, you know, maybe he'll learn from that. I had a conversation with a friend of mine today, my friend Megan, who is known as That Girl on Deck on Twitter. She's a proud Brewers fan and a fellow Jewish baseball fan. And we were having a conversation about this, just saying how it's frustrating to us when a Jewish person tells you that something is anti-Semitic or a Jewish person tries to tell you why something isn't okay. And non-Jewish people come and try to correct us or explain to us that we should get over it or that it's not a big deal. And it's like, you don't get to decide if something is offensive to a Jewish person if you're not a Jewish person. People aren't always going to say the, the right thing the first time or the second time or even the third time. But what's important is when you say something and somebody who knows more than you, someone who is actually affected by the situation tells you that you didn't say the right thing. It's about how you take that criticism, how you respond to it and what you say next. Are you showing that you're learning or are you going to double down on your bad behavior? And with this apology from Ryan Christensen and the A's, yeah, it's like a half-assed apology, but there's no promise of what they're going to say next, what they're going to do next. There is no commitment to being better. There's no condemnation of anti-Semitism. And it's frustrating. It is frustrating to see in 2020 that people still don't think it's a problem that anti-Semitism exists. And it's a problem to see people just brushing it off like, oh, it's not a big deal. Get over it. Guess what? It is a big deal. If you're against any form of hate, you got to be against all forms of hate. You can't just say that it's not okay to be racist, but it's okay to be an anti-Semite. You can't be an ally for the Black Lives Matter movement, but then hate on Jewish people. That doesn't work. 
if you want to eliminate all forms of hatred from this world, which I would think most people do, most normal, rational people who have a soul and a basic moral compass, if you're going to eliminate hate, then guess what? You have to be against all forms of hate. You can't pick and choose. You don't get to say, okay, well, I don't think it's okay to be racist towards Black people, but I do think it's okay to be anti-Semitic towards Jewish people. You've touched on the statement a little bit, and uh, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the line that did stick out to me as just being, I don't know what this is and why it's here, but it's the final line in their statement. It says, we are deeply sorry that this happened on our playing field. Does it happen in the clubhouse? It, it, it sounds like we're sorry that you guys saw this. Right. We're sorry you guys had to We're sorry that see. it happened. And exactly. uh, that was a little bit maddening. And I'm like, has does this go on behind closed doors? I don't know why that line was there. Um, I did want to ask one little thing. And you've touched on it a little bit here, but you know, there, Black Lives Matter is a big thing in uh, just the world right now. And do you feel like Jewish people kind of get lost in the shuffle of social justice at times? Um, because I know that you know, uh, Black people and Jewish people were big allies during the civil rights movement of the 1960s. I've seen you know Jewish people at Black Lives Matter rallies and all that stuff. H- how does it feel to you when you know things like this because stuff like this just keeps happening and uh, it doesn't feel like it gets the attention well you know one of the things that i've been feeling really guilty about is feeling like when i speak out about anti against anti-semitism right now that i am some way taking away from the pulling focus from the black lives matter movement and what my friend adrian lawrence taught me And she said this when she was a guest on Girl at the Game podcast to talk about racism and anti-Semitism in this current climate was you're not taking away from being anti-racist by speaking out against anti-Semitism because they are both important and they are connected because they're both forms of hatred. And like you said, yes, Jewish people were big parts of the civil rights movement. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel marched with Martin Luther King. And he was there side by side with him on the front lines trying to make this country a more equal and accepting place. And I think that one of the reasons for that is because Jewish people, I've kind of likened it to a Venn diagram. Our circles of suffering and what Jewish people and Black people have endured do not fully overlap, but there are a lot of shared experiences and shared emotions. There are commonalities. There are things that we share. Being Jewish and understanding anti-Semitism is what makes me sensitive to racism, what makes me so committed to fighting racism. Like you said with the A's statement, their words were, we don't support or condone this gesture. Okay, first of all, I would assume you don't support it. The fact that you have to use those words is kind of ridiculous that you have to say that you don't support it. I would think you know that. But saying you don't condone it, well, if you don't condone it, what are you doing about it? Saying that you don't condone it, but then not doing anything about it means that you kind of are condoning it. And then again, like you said, with the last sentence, we are deeply sorry that this happened on our playing field. Well, You should just be deeply sorry that it happened. And that shouldn't have been your last sentence. That should be, we are deeply sorry that this happened. And we will be taking steps to educate ourselves and our franchise. And moving forward, we will be doing X, Y, and Z. 
there was none of that. There was no talk of future action. And their their language was so weird. The more times I read it, the more frustrated I get at the fact that these are the words that they chose to publish in a response to this situation. It felt like it was rushed and that they wanted to get out ahead of the PR store, you know, everybody uh, up in arms and all that stuff. And they were like, oh, if we put out the statement, everything will be fine. And Definitely, then, uh, except you know, they made it worse, in my opinion. Yeah. I appreciate you, you know, wanting to have this conversation and asking me about it. This is hard stuff to talk about. And I have a certain level of sympathy and understanding for people who feel uncomfortable and therefore don't always say the right thing. Um, I do. But after a certain point, you have to allow yourself to be uncomfortable, to be open to criticism, and to learn from the actual people who are enduring the thing that you are talking about, that is the situation that you're in. And for the A's, I mean, you read the comments and it shows you why these conversations are so important because there are so many people who are like, the Holocaust was 70 years ago, get over it. Um, 11 million people were murdered. So we're not just going to get over it. My family is much smaller than it would have been because of the Holocaust. I have friends whose grandparents are Holocaust survivors. These aren't things that you just get over. When you read the comments on the A's statement post on Twitter, you you see what I'm talking about because there are people who are just saying absolutely horrible things. It doesn't matter. You're being soft. People need to get over it. Everyone's too sensitive nowadays. Sensitivity is not our issue. It's your issue if you don't think it's a problem. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that one. In in college, I had to take a what was called a segment three, which was three courses in something that wasn't your major. And basically everybody that I knew was taking sex ed and stuff because they got to watch videos. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm here to learn. And uh, I was very interested in uh, Judaism, not to like practice Judaism, but just, you know, a different point of view and what other religions were about. And uh, I took three courses on it. And uh, my my professor, Mark Dollinger, he was very influential. He uh, he talked about racism in general, but also Jewish history. And uh, I, I really enjoyed learning a little bit about the religion. And, uh, you know, I, I met some great people in those classes. And uh, so, you know, I'm always sympathetic to to the fights for both race, uh, being anti-racist and anti-anti-Semitic. What's the term for that? I, I mean, I guess it would be being anti-anti-Semitism or there. I don't really think there's like an official term. For you kind of go off the same model of saying it's not enough to not be racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's not enough to not be an anti-Semite. You have to be actively anti anti-Semitism. When you see injustice, you need to speak out about it because being silent is being complicit. And that's the biggest thing. And one of the, the last thing I'll say is what has been very frustrating is the same reporters, the same big like MLB insiders who have been covering Black Lives Matter and baseball have been completely silent on this A's situation. And it's really disheartening it's hard to know that you are a people that people don't care about. I don't understand how people don't think anti-Semitism is a problem. I was purposefully silent on social media uh, after all this happened because I wanted to get an informed opinion. I wanted to talk to you and a, a few other Jewish people that I knew before saying anything that, you know, 
probably wasn't the best. Uh, you know, basically my initial take, which wasn't terrible, but it wasn't informed. And I wanted to inform myself before I started speaking out on this. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've, I've learned a lot about how to be anti-anti-Semitic and, uh, you know, anti-racist. So uh, thank you for joining me, Gabrielle. Thank you, Jason. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at G-F-S-T-A-R-R-1, and you can follow Jason at ByJasonB. You can check out both of our podcasts, Locked on Red Sox and Locked on A's, five days a week. I'm thankful that Jason wanted to have this conversation with me, and I'm thankful to the Locked On Podcast Network for giving us a platform where we can talk about baseball, but also important issues, especially when they pertain to baseball. Thanks so much, guys. Go Red Sox.